Hello. Just before we begin this week's episode, I'm walking a very special musical Camino in May 2024, and I'm inviting you to join me. Won't you join me? Won't you join me? I'm walking from Leon to Santiago de Compostela in the first three weeks of May next year. I'll be performing concerts along the way. Pilgrims walking with me will pay a fee and every cent will go towards making my new album, Storyteller. We are already selling spots, so if you're interested, join now. Just go to danmullinsmusic.com. There's a list of frequently asked questions and a basic itinerary. Won't you join me? Won't you join me? Join me for a magical musical Camino. To reserve your spot, go to danmullinsmusic.com. Won't you join me? Won't you join me? Welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and it's great to have your company. Before I begin this week, I want to give a very special shout-out to my new Patreon sponsors, Gareth and Lucy. Thank you for your kindness. You can sponsor me by visiting patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago, a series of pilgrimages across Europe. I was lucky enough to spend a night in the Blue Mountains, 90 minutes outside Sydney, last weekend. I was at the Blue Mountains Camino Supporters Group Big Get Together. Pilgrims from all over the country gathered to warm themselves in one another's glow. I spoke on Friday night and I sang a few songs, told a few stories. It was magical, actually. And I want to thank my hosts very much, Margaret and Rowan Boutel, who hosted me. And they're just wonderful people. And it's a wonderful place. If you're looking for somewhere to stay in the Blue Mountains, go and visit Glenella because you will have a wonderful time. I'm looking forward as well to performing at the American Pilgrims on the Camino annual gathering in Texas in March. There are a few spots left. If you're thinking of attending, jump on the American Pilgrims website and book a spot. And as I was walking into Glenella, that beautiful Blue Mountains guest house where last week's event was held, I heard laughter and it sounded like pilgrims and it sounded like a group really enjoying themselves. And I was right. These gatherings are an opportunity to relive the camaraderie and energy you experience on the Camino, the closeness to strangers, new friends, new travelling companions, new confidants, new experiences. Walking the Camino is a chance to truly get away from it all. You take yourself to a time and place that seems almost magical, to truly give to yourself an opportunity to take time for yourself, to cast your mind back, to a tiny pueblo where time stands still. The sights, sounds and smells come rushing back. If only it was that easy to go back. But the Camino calls you back. It lures you, entices you, invites you. The American writer Susan Sontag said once, I haven't been everywhere, but it's on my list. And I think we all share that dream, that vision, that wish. I haven't been everywhere, but it's on my list. My guests this week are four kindred travellers who a few months ago walked the Camino Portuguese. They called themselves the Portugals. My dear friend Claudette Clausen, another dear friend Sue Gearin, my beautiful wife Jennifer, and a new friend Kaylee West, 
the Portugals are on the line. Welcome, pilgrims. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Let's start with you, Kaylee. Jen, Claudette and Sue are all from Sydney, but you're from Brisbane. How did you end up on the Camino with the other Portugals? Well, I've listened to your podcast for quite a while, Dan, and I decided to go and see you play one Friday night in a pub in Sydney. I can't remember the name of the pub in Sydney, but it was a fun night. And I think I actually photobombed the girls when they were doing a, a photo and just started talking. And Jen and I got along well, and she invited me because I wanted to go over, but not on my own. So um, it was fantastic, actually. It was um, the perfect perfect foursome and I was um, so glad I took up the offer and went and that was my second Camino so I did the Frances for my 50th birthday in 2016 like you and um, I've also done the Aussie Camino so oh there you go so it's your third how fantastic Sue it's your first Camino tell us how you ended up walking oh I was fortunate enough to be I think at that same pub that night we met Kaylee and Jen so kindly asked me to come along and took me a couple of months to make my mind up, but I did and we went along and had such a great time. Claudette, this is your fourth Camino. Tell us about the Portuguese coastal route. What was it like? How did it differ from your previous Caminos? Thank you, Dan. The first two days I felt quite strange and I thought, oh, I think I made a mistake because it felt as if I was walking along the northern beaches coastline. <laughs> it would feel like the Camino to me. Uh, the, the ocean looked magnificent. The, the, the views was just awesome. But I thought, I'm not on the Camino. It took me perhaps three or four days once we started walking along the cobblestone and little amulets. And I thought, this is home. <laughs> I'm now on the Camino and I started feeling awesome. It was really wonderful and I loved every minute of the Portuguese coastal Camino after that. How did it differ? Firstly, I was travelling with three awesome, strong-minded, determined women. <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> I was challenged in many ways, wonderful ways, which uh, helped me with my growth. But the actual walk itself, the spiritual variant part of the Portugal coastal Camino was, for me, perhaps the highlight of all the Caminos that I've done. There was something truly, truly magical about that, that part that I would find very difficult to put into words. But having Jan there, whom I've travelled with before, uh, who knows me so well, who understood what, you know, perhaps I was uh, experiencing, seeing butterflies and weavers and so on, gave me a lot of comfort. And having Sue and Kaylee there, such incredible women, did enrich the experience for me, certainly did, and I loved it. I know that a lot of what we're going to talk about today is the camaraderie, and I mentioned in the introduction, and I'm sure that having the three companions with you would have been magic and, and a lot of support. Jennifer, you're sitting upstairs on Zoom. It's your second Camino. It's impossible for you to escape pilgrimage because I talk about it nonstop. <laughs> true. So true. <laughs> but why don't you tell us about the blessing you received walking from Via do Conde to Esposende? Sure. I'd love to tell that story. It's amazing, actually. 
So we stayed at an albergue that had a pool. It was amazing. And it was called The Spot. And we left there really quite early. So it was still dark, which, you know, um, we, normally we wouldn't leave that early, but I think we just all got up at the same time. And Sue is our wonderful navigator. She can actually read maps, unlike Claudette and I. And um, she she was getting us through the town. Like on the Portuguese, there's not so many arrows as much as there is on the traditional one. So she was helping us get back on track. And her phone, she was just using Google Maps, was going a bit weird. And she's sort of going this way, that way, this way. Anyway, we're walking through the town by this stage and this light flashes on and lots of people have said to me when I've told them this story, oh, would have been a sensor light. And I said, no, it was inside the church. So we were walking past a church. The doors were open. This light flashes on and all we see is one of those glorious small churches that you find in Portugal and Spain and all the gold ornate altar. Anyway, we all stop and go, how beautiful. And at the time, we didn't think much about it being open. And this lovely woman walks out. I can only explain her as my initial thought was she she was a nun. I didn't feel like she was a caretaker for the church or anything. She just walked out. And she literally just walked up to each of us. We weren't all standing together like a couple of us had gone inside. And she just gave us a beautiful kiss on each cheek. And um, we're all like, oh, that was so beautiful. And then, you know, a few of us went inside, a few of us were still outside. And then when we came out, we said, where is she? She's gone. She was like a little angel or something uh-huh. with this really divine energy. And it felt like she was basically saying, um, have a great Camino. Like, mm. here's a blessing for you. And, um, you know, go forward. And Yeah, it felt just beautiful i can't explain it any other way oh how fantastic i've seen that photograph and it is just beautiful yeah i know that when you look inside those churches sometimes you just think gosh i mean <laughs> who designed it it's just extraordinary i guess the I, the word is you, you think about is 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 extravagant you know it's those those places are so magic yeah what a wonderful thing to experience and what a wonderful blessing to receive kaylee back to you you arrived in Viana do Castello, and there was a festival in full swing. Tell us about that. The festival was mm. was wonderful. It was really loud. There's festivals everywhere in Spain. I think every little village you walk into, almost when I finished in Lucia, there was a festival. But it was lovely. I think that was the day we walked 30 kilometres, um, and Sue and I do like running, so I think we got to to there, and we, we found the hotel, and... It, we were at 29.5 kilometers so we ended up walking up <laughs> through the through the little village and i got the most amazing photo of one of the streets and this little lady walking with this beautiful pink bag i love that photo um just yep. to the 30 kilometers so um but the festival was beautiful that night we they had this beautiful opera singer and the lights in that place were absolutely gorgeous so when you think about if I said to you, um, we're going to walk 30 kilometres tomorrow around your hometown of Brisbane or my hometown yeah. of, of Sydney, and then we're going to go out after that, you'd say, <laughs> well, you're insane. But pilgrims That's do right. it every day, don't they, Kaylee? 
They do. And even, you know, if someone said to me, right, we're going to get up and walk 20 kilometres in this pouring rain today in Brisbane, which is really hot in Brisbane, but I would go, no, we're not walking 20 kilometres in the rain. <laughs> However, on the Camino, you do, right? You yeah. get up yeah. and walk 20 kilometres, whether it's raining, whether it's sunny, it's just part of what you do. And I, I love it. It's great. I yeah. love walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Sue, I, I quoted you actually in an episode of the podcast a few weeks back where you arrived in a, in a cafe. I think it's to call yes. it a cafe, I think understating it. And you asked, did I die and go to heaven? Tell us about yeah. that. Tell us about that day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This firstly, what being my first Camino, wasn't sure what to expect. And but what I did find is that there are cafes everywhere in the middle of nowhere and they're just fantastic anyway this one day i think it was quite warm this day we we're quite hot uh walking along walking along and we sort of all got separated a bit which is fine we, we were using a, a great app that uh, we could see where each other were at any given time if we didn't feel safe or whatever I sort of found this cafe and I sat down and I was looking where everyone was and I think that was the day, Kaylee, you might have got a little bit off track and was sort of... Was I did. I decided to follow a um, the guy from Holland, I think, and trusted him and <laughs> I discovered I wasn't seeing any more yellow arrows, so I backtracked <laughs> till I saw yellow arrows. Anyway, so I thought, oh, I'll go to this cafe and I'll sit down and I'll wait for everybody there and... And I walked in, it was just, it was. Sent a text to a girl saying, you are going to cry when you get here. <laughs> because it's so beautiful. And I'm uh, into plants. I love my plants. And this was just heaven. And all these beautiful ferns and trees and this amazing magnolia that I think is, is 200 years old. Wow. Magnificent. Anyway, I I was, you know, fortunate enough to be able to sit there on my own and take it all in and then have my friends come and join me and we had a great lunch there. <laughs> and uh, as understand it, it's owned by some French opera singer or something. That's a really strange story where, yeah, she owns it and the, I suppose I call him the manager. He's, uh, I think he was Swiss. And he used to work in the Alps as a chef um, and he's come back to Portugal and he's set up. So she owns it, he runs it and it is like sitting in maybe a, a three, four star restaurant <laughs> up in the hills. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Quite extraordinary, in yeah. the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How fantastic. Claudette, you you love to dance and you love to 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 get out and about, see and soak up the culture and the atmosphere. How does that culture and atmosphere of Portugal compare with Spain? I didn't really think there was a difference between the two. Mm. As far as people being out and about, really truly taking it all in and, and loving life, it appeared as if everyone well, was counting their blessings just uh, to be able to to be in such beautiful, a beautiful part of the world. I mean, uh, Porto is just out of this world. I love Porto. And then walking through Portugal itself. Yeah, look, as I said, the coastline is different, but the people, 
I didn't think there was a difference between yeah. uh, the Spaniards and the Portuguese, really. Yeah. Did the, did the Portuguese have a siesta? Oh, that's a good question. Hey, no. Oh. Looking back on it now, it didn't appear to me. No. I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder the other thing is that the Spanish, as we all know, go out at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. W were the Portuguese the same as that? Well, we were out at that time. <laughs> no, but hey, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I really didn't make the difference. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, how interesting. Yeah, it's worth thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but otherwise I thought the people were just as warm. And uh, I must say I do have a softer spot for the Spanish. The Spanish are probably more welcoming to the pilgrims. That's a personal point of view. They don't really need the pilgrims. Mm. And as such, weren't as, perhaps not as warm yeah. as the Spanish. And the directions weren't as clear. There were moments where I thought, well, where on earth is the arrow? If I was walking on my own, I got a sense that I probably would have got lost a lot more often than I did when I did the Camino the first time entirely on my own, just following the arrow. So that wasn't there. So there is a difference, and I think it's so much more touristic in that they obviously attract uh, tourism from um, the UK, from France, and elsewhere. The pilgrims, therefore, played a secondary role. Yeah. Now, that's my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how I felt thinking about it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you swim in the ocean there? No, I was oh. tempted, though. I think did. did. Uh, yeah, with my backpack, <laughs> with my backpack and my hiking boots and so on, walking along the sand, I thought, too hard. I think I'm going to keep pushing on. So I was tempted, and I think the, the others were just as tempted as I was. But no, I don't. I don't recall any of the others having a swim either. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah. Sue, tell us about crossing the border from Portugal to Spain. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> I think Jenny had pre-booked some a boat, or no, that was not. I, no, not Sorry. that one. But okay, I thought yes. we were. Yeah, we thought the we were actually getting there. on a. Yeah, we we actually <laughs> thought we were going to get on a ferry to cross. That's right. The river into Spain but this day was absolutely teeming and windy as anyway once we got to the port where we were thought we were going to get on a ferry but then to be told that the tide was a bit too low for the ferry so we got into some cars and they weren't ubers they weren't taxis they were just some cars <laughs> Random cars, jumping With the doors not locking. Drove us through, I don't know, maybe 5K drive, uh, <laughs> bailed out of the car, were sort of pointed towards this boat, said that's where you're getting on, and we were like, okay, and it was just a fishing boat, quite a small boat, maybe uh, six foot long maybe. Anyway, mm -hmm. I think there was about, how many did they cram into that boat? Oh, <laughs> We're sitting in this boat going, oh, my goodness, where are we going? What are we doing? And with that, the guy that was driving the boat is yelling at us and he's going, put the life jackets on, put your life jackets on. <laughs> We're scrambling to get these life jackets on. 
And then he's like, pay me the money, pay me the money. And we're like, oh, okay, and we're handing over all this cash. Anyway, we got there, we got, we landed on some, it looked like some desolate island. <laughs> we got off, nothing around, we had no idea what we were doing. And he just said, don't go up through the bush, go along the coast. This was great advice because when we got off the boat and went up around the coast, there was this, I suppose you call it a hotel mm. along the beach. And uh, we stopped in there thinking that we might get a coffee or something. Okay, Kaylee, we just heard what sounds like uh, a room full of people singing. Tell us that story. So we ended up, as um, Sue said, in this hotel. And I've been learning Spanish for probably four years. And I tell you what, I didn't realise how bad my Spanish was until I had <laughs> I to speak it with the locals. But somehow I did get us into this huge lunch room. It was like a big cafeteria with the smallest board. So for 18 euros, we had basically all we could eat and a drink. That's the, what the guy translated was, it, I think, was a drink. True Spanish style, they weren't, it wasn't a glass of wine, it was bottles of wine. So we're mid-war, <laughs> mind you. And we've got people. And then all these tourists were coming in. They, they were from the south of Spain and they were doing a tour. And they, they were just beautifully dressed. They were all wearing our pilgrim's clothes. They're the only four pilgrims in this big <laughs> restaurant. And there was tables everywhere. And I don't even know how we got speaking to them, but, of course, I try and practice my Spanish everywhere we go. And I must say, everyone in Spain, someone's got a nephew in Sydney or, or Brisbane or somewhere. So <laughs> I think one of them was asking me about Sydney in Spanish and I was trying to translate and... Then they were all singing this song, which I think we joined in, where they all were uh, arriba, abajo, al, uh, al centro, al dentro. So they'd hold their wine up and put it down. And and I don't know, who, girls, how many people were in the restaurant? I'm going to say 50, 60, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, there's 10 tables. Yeah, there yeah. would have been about 100. 100, yeah. So yeah. we're joining in with this song and they, they were all having turns, all these different tables and... So we got up to leave because, as I said, we were mid-walk and we had to go on our way. The next minute, the whole restaurant got up and started singing this goodbye song to us. And I started crying. <laughs> I tried to drop a hat. And it was just the most amazing experience. The four of us standing up there and, and they were holding their heart, hands to their hearts and holding mm. those arms up going so strongly and... It was just the most wonderful experience and a perfect welcome to Spain from Portugal, I must say. How wonderful. It was. And Jen, did you get the lyrics translated? Yes, I did, but it was from my um, Spanish sister-in-law. Yeah, and we asked our Spanish sister-in-law, uh, Carmen, to do a translation. The song is in Spanish, Adios con el corazón, which translates to goodbye with your heart. That's with my soul. I can't, when I say goodbye to you, when I say goodbye, I'm dying. You will be the good of my life. You will be the good of my soul. You'll be the painting bird, how cheerful he sings in the morning. At dawn the train leaves. My love is leaving. 
I'm going with him. There is no one who can. There is no one who can. With the seafaring people, sailor, fisherman, there is no one who can. For now, if you want to marry the girls here, you have to go find cattle in Madrid. Capital to Madrid, capital to Madrid, if you want to marry the girls here. Goodbye with the heart. Jen, tell us about Bayona and an evening you spent at the Parador. Oh, it was magical, magical. Mm. Where we were staying was across the road from a beautiful park and what looked like a fortress and a yacht race was going on. It was just so divine, so beautiful. So we went for a walk along this fortress. You can just walk through these grounds um, I later found out that it was starting being built in the 12th century and finished in the 16th century. So it has an incredible history. And then within that is a parador. And Claudette and I have sort of got a little tradition. Whenever we see a parador, we go for a gin and tonic at the parador. <laughs> we decided to, <laughs> to keep our tradition and somehow sneaked into the Paradol Bar, and it's a deck that looks over three islands and another headland. It's truly one of the most beautiful views I've seen, because I just love the ocean. The sea just makes me so calm and beautiful. How wonderful. So we sat up there, and true to Kaylee's style, there was people another table sitting next to us all spanish so kaylee goes over starts talking to them they start laughing at her accent <laughs> like all of the spanish do because she's an australian trying to speak spanish so it is apparently very humorous we think she's amazing because she can actually yes. do it but to spanish people she sounds really weird um so they invited us we didn't realised there was another part to the Parador and it was right out on the headland with cannons and you go there to watch the sunset. So with these Spanish people and all of us, picked up our gin and tonics, walked around to the most glorious view and watched the sunset from a fortress that was built in the 16th century. It was truly magical. Wow. Wow. That sounds amazing. See, I, I, I've got to say I'd really love to do this walk, uh, and as I understand it, um, there is an inland Camino and a coastal Camino. And earlier in the interview, Claudette mentioned this spiritual aspect of the Portuguese route. Kaylee, why don't you tell us about, about that section, uh, uh, that journey, the spiritual aspect of the Portuguese route? The spiritual aspect is um, absolutely beautiful. There was one section where we'd stayed in this beautiful little casa up in the I think that was after the monastery mm, and yeah. it was gorgeous. It was the grandmother's house. And I think they'd converted this barn into this lovely little restaurant, beautifully, a beautiful little family ran it. And of course I tried to speak Spanish. I was practicing with the, I think he was a 13 year old son, but the next day we walked through this most magical, I'm going to say maybe for about five or six kilometers. Yeah. yeah. It was just waterfalls and, and this running, trickling 
um, stream and these little, Sue, what were those, you read about those little, the houses were. They were little stone mills. So they yeah. would take the flour up there and use the water to run these mills to ground the flour or the wheat rather uh, to make bread. Yeah, it was quite, they were everywhere. Wow. I think I must have taken so many photos that day because, but I don't think you can capture it in a photo, you know what I mean? But it's just, it was just magical walking through there. Jen, listen to this. Tell us about music yeah. on this Camino. I seem to receive a crazy amount of videos of the Portugals dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like the Camino to me feels like you just have that spirit, dance like no one's watching, that old saying. Yeah. Where wherever we heard music, we would just start dancing. And especially <laughs> in Spain, they just dance on the streets. And some night, or one night in particular, Kaylee and Claudette decide to join this beautiful group of Spanish people dancing, but they were very uncoordinated. <laughs> <laughs> and they were trying to learn the steps, and it was just hysterical. Like, obviously, I videoed it, and we do laugh at the video constantly. But then there was other times at the festival we were at. Obviously, we were dancing in the streets and we met someone the next night. She goes, I remember you ladies. I saw you last night. I thought you were pilgrims because you were all dancing. <laughs> so, yeah, there was just many. Oh, Claudette started a dance in Santiago with, in a restaurant and then the table next door got all up and started dancing. It was like feverish. That's so and great. Wonder, isn't that wonderful, Jan? And, I mean, I can't help but dance even in Sydney, right? Yeah, you are. When like there's that. music, I just do that. But I think the magic of it, when you said the other table started dancing when I got up, and I, that's the part that I find so beautiful because you need someone to take the lead and then the others <laughs> follow. And I remember... <laughs> That's great. That is fantastic. And we love to see what and watch you dance, Claudette. We all love to see and watch you dance. Oh, Dan, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee, the Portugals yeah. are responsible for a new term in my vernacular, something I'd never <laughs> heard of or imagined, to be honest. Tell us about drunk shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was fun that day. We arrived now, I can't remember what town it arrived, but we just went, instead of going to our accommodation, we decided to go straight to the square because there was the atmosphere. There was all these pilgrims there having a drink. So we we met people from Australia that day. I met some people from Spain. I was trying again to speak Spanish. She spoke much, much better English than my Spanish. And we had a few drinks. And then where we were staying, there was this lovely little shop downstairs and we hadn't done any shopping. You don't 
do clothes shopping on the Camino until this day. And uh, yeah, we bought things that we probably wouldn't have bought if we hadn't have had several beers beforehand. <laughs> so it was a pair of pants that I think Olivia, like you would say, Olivia Newton-John out of Greece would wear. Yes. <laughs> really thick and warm. And I don't know when I'm going to wear them in Brisbane. <laughs> and the girls, you keep saying to me, you're from Australia. You, you're not going to wear these. I say, yeah, that's fine. They, they'll be fine. They're great. So, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Drunk shopping. I love it. Drunk shopping. I never heard of it before the Portugals introduced me to it. I was sober. I was sober, Dan. <laughs> ah, there you go. So you were just shopping. Yeah. Claudette, back to you. You've walked the Camino Frances, as I said. In terms of difficulty, how did the Portuguese coastal route compare with the Frances? Is it an easier walk or a more difficult walk? It was more challenging. We had a lot more hills to climb. For me, walking on the sand is difficult. Yeah. Very different to walking on cobblestones. I'd much rather walk on cobblestones or normal road, tarmac, than sand. There were a few sections that, yeah, was very hilly. I, I think Sue and Pauli would probably describe it as being the altitude. How did you measure it up, Carly and, and Sue? Elevation. Elevation. Elevation, right, which I didn't really experience on the French uh, Camino, but I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I do like a challenge. It didn't bother me. Yeah. I just went a lot slower. What about walking along the beaches? You said, Claudette, what about the sun? Often on the front says you're walking through wooded forest. There's trees and shade, but you're going to be much more exposed to the sun, particularly on the beach. Yeah, and I don't, uh, I don't mind the sun. I'm fortunate because I'm, uh, I've got olive skin. Yeah, no, look, for me, I wouldn't do the coastline again. Right. Partly, as you say, there's no shades. Kilometres and kilometres of just... Big ocean, walking uh, on the sand is not my idea of a Camino. So, yeah, it was very challenging, the first few days anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, I think all of the, the other Portugals have mentioned uh, finding their way via you. How did you, how did you ma navigate that? Did you find it easy to find your way? I did, actually. I sort of feel like I've got a good sense of direction anyway, Dan. So... I quite like navigating. I mm. don't know. That's an odd thing to say, maybe. But I like the idea of getting from point A to point B and working out how to get there. But like I just kept saying to the girls, as long as the coastline's on our left, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept saying, <laughs> if it's not on our left, if it's on our right, we're in a world of problems. <laughs> so maybe that was my secret. Maybe... Make it quite simple. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Jen, so, tell us where you stayed, Jennifer. Did you book ahead? Were you spreadsheet pilgrims? Oh, very much so. <laughs> I was. Because the thought of getting to a town after walking 22 kilometres and having not find accommodation is like my biggest fear. So, yeah, I am... And also, I like to find quirky and odd places to stay. So the trip became, the girls, I gave them a list if they wanted to Google it and where we were staying, but none of them did. So each night was a surprise to them. 
So I booked all the accommodation. You know, I'd say, okay, it's 22Ks today, even though I got every single one of those wrong as well on my spreadsheet. Not by much. <laughs> I'd go, oh, it's only 17 kilometres tomorrow, and then Sue would have a look on her. She goes, no, Jen, it's 28. Oh, okay. So, wow, that's that's but, really getting it wrong. I know, I know, don't worry. I was... Uh, Sue and Kaylee were fine, but it shocked me most of the time. Um, so, yeah, we it, what it became was a surprise. So every night the girls would show up. Sometimes we were in, you know, albergues with 20, 30 people in the room. The next night we were in luxury hotels. So I just re – and Casa Farm stays. I just really mixed it up, and it became like every night was a surprise to them. So that was cool to, to do it that way. Yeah, how fantastic. And – you, what's a, what's a tip you can give our, my listeners if they are booking uh, accommodation online before they go over? What's one tip you would give? What's what's a piece of advice? Oh well, there's two systems I have. Uh, bookings, I think, is amazing because their cancellation system is very good. So I'd go on there, and sometimes I'd book something, and then I'd find something better, so you could cancel it. And the other one is Google Maps. If you just zoom in to the town you're in, and mm. a lot of little albergues pop up and they're not on bookings. So you find them that way, email them, WhatsApp them. Um, it, I liked it. I loved um, doing it. I don't, I don't do it all in one night. I'll do like one town a week maybe. So I do a lot of research. So you've got months and months to plan. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, no, that's right. I think that's a great idea. The Google Maps, uh, that's a great idea because you're going to the local businesses often as well. Um, yeah. Off the beaten yeah. track a little bit, yeah. Kaylee, back to you. Tell us about arriving in Santiago de Compostela. Oh, that was that was fun that day. We were trying to get, because you, from the Portuguese, you go a different way from the Frances, but because Sue hadn't been to Santiago, we wanted to try and get her through the tunnel. <laughs> that was quite funny, trying to navigate <laughs> around the cathedral. <laughs> and, and I was going, no, it's this way. It's this. And I'm going, anyway, we finally saw the tunnel with the bagpipes, because I think it's pretty special to walk through there after finishing the Camino. But we had to navigate right around the town. And I think Jen and I were so excited when we saw it. We're saying, yes, we found it. <laughs> We kept going down one street and that street, and I'm going, no, we can't go that way. The cathedral's there. We need to go down here. But, yeah, so that was fun. And, of course, I was very excited. I think I started crying because in 2016, when I did the, my first Camino, it was covered in in um, scaffolding. Yeah. So, and I, it was just beautiful to see it without the scaffolding. And the sky was absolutely stunning. And, yeah, I just cried when I saw it because it was – so much, so special to see it without that scaffolding. It's just so beautiful, that cathedral, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it certainly is. Claudette, did you uh, get to mass on this Camino and did you see the Bortolomero swing again? Yeah, so very spoiled. Going to mass for me is very much part of the Camino journey. And that's something I missed a little bit on this most recent Camino journey. I didn't go to as many masses and didn't stop in as many churches uh, as I have in the past. Uh, I missed that a little. So mm. being in Santiago, I made sure, of course, the cathedral, the mass, 
but I did go to the other church that's there as well. It's a lovely way, I think, of privately in your heart giving thanks and gratitude for being fortunate enough to take a journey like this mm. and uh, going to Mass and being in that cathedral to me is something I, uh, I always treasure. It's it's very, very special, very difficult to put into words, really. Yeah. I wonder, Claudette, you mentioned there that you probably wouldn't walk it again, the, the coastal Portuguese. Would you recommend it to someone else to walk it? Yeah, look, absolutely. I, I'm not, uh, I hope I'm not sounding arrogant, but I live near the ocean. So every day I start my day by the beach. Yeah, it was no different to me in, in, yeah. in many ways. I would recommend it, of course, to uh, people love the ocean full stop. It was just me not not realising until I arrived there that, of course, the, the coast is, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, they don't differ that much. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they go for, for miles and miles and miles and miles long and open spaces. And the uh, Portugal uh, coastline, well, they, they have caravan parks there. They have modern buildings. So that's what felt strange to me. But that was just me, I'm sure. Yeah. 99.9% of Camino travellers would love that part of the Camino journey. Yeah. Now, I'm only talking about the first two, three days of the Portugal coast yeah. line. But the rest of it are absolutely adored. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably would skip the first two, three days. I'm not sure how you do that. Uh, do start inland and then find my way back again through, you know, yeah. the little villages or amlets, as we call it, yeah. that are so adored. Yeah, yeah. No, it's certainly on my to-do list. There's no question about that. And, Claudette, it's, we say Buen Camino on the Camino Frances, but it's Bom Camino in Portugal, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, picked up on that quite a lot. And, of course, in French, it's Bon Chemin. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Bon Chemin. That's right, Bon Chemin. And it's the Chemin de Sajac. Uh, Chemin, Chemin is road. Yeah, yeah, Chemin is road. Road, yeah. path. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Sue, you're now a yeah. pilgrim. Do you miss, I am. Do you miss it? <laughs> I do actually. I um, I love just being out, Dan. You know me. I love running. I love walking. I love being in nature. And for me, I haven't experienced anything like that before. I mean, I've done a little bit of bushwalking here and there and here in Australia, but that was for me amazing. That we did do coastal walking. We did. Um, up in the mountains, we did in little villages with cobblestones. So I felt like I covered a lot of territory, lots of different types of probably Camino walking where, you know, everybody might just do the mountains or little villages or whatever. I feel like we got to experience everything. It was amazing. I absolutely loved it yeah. and would 100% would love to do that again, but spend more time um, in each little city, you know, poking around and stuff. As yeah, well. so, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is one of those things that you are always passing through, aren't you? Yeah, 
yeah, you, yeah. you, you do get that sense, um, which I suppose is is one of the, the the attractions, one of the appealing aspects of walking the Camino. You you look slow tourism, but you are always moving through. Jen, mm. I wonder if I could just ask you a question that I ha I ask a lot of my guests. Would there be anything that you would have done differently? Um, maybe a little bit more research on my distances because I got them all <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> uh, and um, one more would be my stop on the Portuguese coastal ones. So I wore wool socks mm. and got very, very bad heat rash on the back of my legs. It wasn't too painful. Only when I saw it did it start hurting because it was so red. And then it, we would keep walking. I mean, I love the coast. The coast just feeds my soul. So I love the ocean. Uh, but we did notice a few other women with exactly the same rash up their legs. And so, yeah, probably not wear the woolen socks. Once you get to Spain, keep them on. But... Yeah, the coastal, I don't know, you have to, much lighter socks. Well, that's fantastic advice. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking to the four of you. Uh, in the last <laughs> two and a half years, I've always asked my guests to tell us a Camino story. Who is going to tell us a Camino story, Portugals? Why doesn't someone tell the, um, the freezing cold that's boat your ride. story, Jen, because you no. wanted to do that boat. Oh, this, yes, Jen, that's your story, the boat. <laughs> oh, the boat. The whole reason I wanted to do the Portuguese was for the spiritual variant 28-kilometre boat ride where they took St. James' bones. I was so excited to be doing that. And um, we finally got there to the town, Pontesaurus, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. We had to get up quite early it was dark when we got on the boat and I was looking back at my photos in preparation for this interview and I actually realized when we took off it was beautiful blue sky it was so stunning and I was taking amazing photos of sunrise and everything and I think this is a bit mystical in a way this happened so it was beautiful and the moment we entered the mouth of the river a fog came over that you could not see like three feet in front of you. So my whole planning, my whole Camino was about this boat ride and the fog and the, it was so cold. I don't think I've ever been that cold and that's saying a lot because I ski and I do <laughs> crazy things in the cold. I've got photos of the girls. We've got every piece of clothing on. We've got beanies. <laughs> We've got everything, and we were so cold, it was insane. And then the moment we arrived, it was blue sunshine. So I did not see one cross. I didn't see land. All it was was a fog. Oh, so I think there was and just great music. Very... Oh, that's right. And they did play good music on the boat. But you could sit outside on the boat upstairs. And I tried, like, I think I was the second last person to come down because you could go inside where it was a little bit warmer. And I stayed up there. I said, no, I'm staying up here till I see a cross, till I see a cross. And it was so cold, I just had to go downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't see one cross. <laughs> hey, Jen, you left out the most important part of that story. The music was amazing and the fog was amazing 
And all of a sudden they started playing the theme song to the Titanic and we all thought we were going over the edge. That's hilarious. Oh, what a disaster. But, but, and so ironic that when you get to where you're going, the sun comes out and it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I mean by mystical and mystery. I don't think I was supposed to see them that day. There was something about oh, it. There you go. That perhaps that's yeah, the case. Yeah. I have a feeling that that fog was for a reason. How good. Anyway. How good. And just let me all ask you all a question. You can all tell me yes or no. Is there another walk in store for the four of you? I hope so. Fantastic. Definitely. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'll take the wigs. Claudette is coming with Jen and, and with me when we walk in May next year, which is going to be absolutely fantastic. We can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Wouldn't miss for the world. No, no, I know it's going to be fantastic. There'll be lots of music and lots of dancing on that trip too, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We might have to bring our fancy dresses, Jen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got yeah, my little gowns. Yeah, I've shopping. got my gowns. We are looking into the Japanese Camino, actually. Kelly and I are really keen to do that. Mm. Obviously, Sue and Claudette yeah. are invited too, Thanks. which is through the old growth forest. So we're... Mm. um thinking about that but that's a lot of research as well yeah no, yeah I think, I think i'll stick to the camino de Sanchezo. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic no problem year after year after year yeah that's right it's for as long as we can walk we'll be walking thank you all so much for taking the time to talk to me Claudette clausen sue Gearan, kaylee west and jennifer mullins bomb camino bomb camino, oh, camino. Bom camino. camino. my guests this week claudette clausen Sue Gearan, Kaylee West, and Jennifer Mullins, the Portugals. The American writer Suzanne Sontag said once, I haven't been everywhere, but it's on my list. Walk on, Pilgrim. Before I finish this week, I want to give a very special shout out to my new Patreon sponsors, Gareth and Lucy. Thank you for your kindness. You can sponsor me by visiting patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. That's it for this week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. <laughs>